T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the latest episode of Soccer in the City. Tom Kolker, Glenn Crooks, Roberto Bromwich, John Rojas, Talking New York City FC, Major League Soccer. The playoffs are set. We know the opponent. We're going to go around the league. We'll touch on each matchup. But, of course, guys, we are going to start with New York City FC. Decision day, Glenn. 1-1 draw against Philadelphia. This game had plenty of controversy, as uh, most NYC Philly games usually do. A 1-1 draw. First of all, the, the red card to uh, Gideon Zalalem. The goal for Philadelphia. Was Shabilko offsides? Was it a good goal? Uh, but credit New York City FC down a man. Tati Castellanos gets the equalizer in the second half. Congratulations to Castellanos. He is your golden boot winner. Uh, a remarkable season for him. 19 goals, eight assists on the season. We'll, we'll look back at his regular season as well. Um, but New York City gets the 1-1 draw. Their fourth place. We'll talk about the matchup against Atlanta. But uh, first, just the, the final game of the 2021 regular season. Well, first of all, get, uh, Zalalem, uh, the red card, you can't dispute. Yeah, that was can't changed that one. by a video assistant referee, so that was what it was. Uh, as far as the Shabilko was the offsides, you know, it's uh, from the angle that we saw, the, old, uh, the best angle, as uh, it was told to me by pro referees, uh, then there's no way uh, you're going to uh, overturn that. I mean, and if he was off, it was not by much, but, you know... Uh, I trust my analyst who, to be honest with you, Matty Lawrence rarely makes a mistake on things like that. And he saw it right off the bat. So uh, I trust him. We looked at the replay. I, I sent the clip into pro referees and uh, they said they, you know, the angle that they had, uh, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't conclude that it was clear and obvious an error. And the assistant referee kept the flag down, which they're instructed to do on something that's close. So that was that, but that those, those really aren't the stories of the game as much as, the fact that New York City, well, the Zalalem red card is, but down a man uh, for, what, 68 minutes and uh, plus, and the ability to be the best team on the pitch in the second half was, uh, I think, a, a statement on decision day. The Castellanos goal was just fabulous. Uh We've, we've seen him rise like that and score at the back post. I mean, we, it's happened before, but at this moment, uh, to secure the golden boot, number one, to secure home field for uh, New York City FC. And, uh, you know, I think uh, really generate uh, a lot of enthusiasm. Um, there was a lot coming into that match, but now even more so going into this playoff game against Atlanta on November the 21st. And uh, I think it'll be a good match, but I, uh, you know, Atlanta beware because, 
uh, New York City is going to be healthy. Um, they've got a lot of attacking options. They've got a lot of options as to how they can play. And uh, I think, uh, you know, playing at Yankee Stadium, I think we've seen it. Was it 7-1-1 one, one this year? But just in general, uh, New York City, that's a big advantage. And that's why home field was so important. Shame they couldn't uh, win the game, right? But uh, the Zalalem red card obviously affected everything. And uh, had he not gotten a red card, I'm pretty sure New York City would have found a way to win that game. Um, and it, I feel bad for Zalalem because, uh, you know, he had played uh, several minutes, little, you know, little appearances here and there. And every time that he'd come onto the field, he would seem to be doing better and better and better. He had played a total of 77 minutes in six games, and they were trusting him more and more. And then what winds up happening is that they give him a start, and uh, I, I think the moment turned out to be a little bit big for him. I think he got a little bit nervous because there was some errant passes, uh, thinking about you know, what he was going to do. And, you know, and then on uh, the foul, he's obviously there late, and uh, there's no doubt about it. It went to VAR, it went to VAR, and uh, it was clearly, you know, a red card foul. And and that that was that. I mean, I'm not going to second guess Ronnie's lineup, mind you, but uh, he did have other options aside from playing Zalalem. And I think that starting him based on what he did, I think that it's a fine decision. But if you want to play Monday morning quarterback on a Monday evening, then you could have said, hey, you can put Tavon Gray with, with Parks out and uh, Acevedo out now for a while, as we found out, he has an abductor injury, third grade, which means that he's probably going to miss the entirety of the playoffs. He may be back late if New York City's alive. I mean, you could have played Tavon Gray on the right side and brought uh, James Sands back into the middle if you wanted to do that. But based on what Zalalem had been doing, you know, it does. it's not a terrible decision to start him. Sadly, he didn't live up to the moment, and uh, that wound up affecting New York. The biggest take you get out of that, though, at least for me, is again comes down to mentality and the importance of that goody goal in Atlanta because it changed everything for this team. And had this been the team that faced the Red Bulls or that had played all those other games before that big moment in Atlanta, New York wouldn't have come back. They wouldn't have won. They wouldn't have won. They wouldn't have come back and tied. They they probably just would have lost the game one nothing, two nothing, three nothing. But something absolutely changed uh on that game and you could see it because they never gave up and once the second half starts i mean they were on the front foot the entire time they didn't look like they were playing 10 against 11 and um they they deserve to get the tie it was well earned and uh it's a great cross and a fantastic header by tati castellano so uh a good point earned a really really good point earned Hey, John, how about Maxi Morales' 11 assists? Six of them are to Castellanos. I know. Yeah? For, for some reason, they lived together during the pandemic. <laughs> I, yeah, they did. But they, but they live with Medina as well. I don't know if Medina's, uh, he's not, uh, you know, getting the, the same sort of service from Maxi. Or he is, right? That run, that outside-in run that Medina yeah. does so well, he probably should have a couple of off of those. You know, the runs have been good, but the, the execution at the end, no. But anyway. What yeah, and during the half of the season, like, like the half part of the season, Medina's performance was there. I mean, he was doing good. He came down, you know, the last part of the season was not himself again. But uh, for a big chunk of the middle of the season, he was really influential. Um, I, I'm with Roberto in the sense of 
seeing a better option. Uh, if you don't have anyone uh, for that uh, companionship to Morales, uh, Alfredo, and with getting Sands out there and, and Tevon Gray on his position on the right side as a right back. But it looks to me that, uh, you know, Ronnie doesn't see it that way. I mean, he sees that as an option, not as his best option, not that, you know, like the setup that's going to put his team on a successful path. And I mean, Grace is a young guy, but doesn't, you know, it doesn't stick volumes on confidence for him and for his ability to be an impactful player from the minute one. And the other thing is just regarding uh, the game this weekend, there were two objectives on that game. One, not to lose, and they got it, even though playing with 10. And two, making sure that Tati Castellanos wins the Golden Boot, and he did. So I think, you know, overall, is mission accomplished. So is he, can we finally say and ask, guys, is Castellanos now a goal scorer? Because we've had that conversation a lot on this show, and it was a big question coming into the year, and would they get another striker? And not only did he take a leap, he's the golden boot winner. And now the question is, how long is he going to be at NYC? Is he now? Yeah. Nobody, say on that this, he's... nobody on this podcast said he's a d- definitive top striker, consistent goal in this league. No one. So I don't want anybody claiming that uh, they've seen it all along. But he, uh, you know, I, I and I, I'm one of the ones that, that doubted maybe that he's, you know, he is a 15 to 20 goal scorer. Well, He's a 19-goal scorer, so he's right in that range. And uh, not not to forget about the eight assists, I still just love the mm-hmm. assist to Magno in the uh, Inter-Miami game where he could have just – he's on a hat trick. He could have just opened up, tried to finish that and get his trick, and instead he just lays it back to Magno, and that seals the game. But, uh, no, I look, here – it, this is I, – I think it's the coaching staff, his teammates for sure, but his hard work uh, and – playing with his back to the goal, running the channels properly. And you've heard Ronnie Dyla saying he's drifting out too far wide. We have to get him back into the middle. So I think it was a process. And then, yeah, he's uh, he won the golden boot. So what are you going to say? Well, I'm going to say this. There were very different levels of uh, what we thought if Castellanos was a striker or not. Don't put us all on the same plane because that's not fair. What that's are you talking not fair about? at all. There's nobody I on this podcast that, a, that I said, said that he was a striker. You can go back to the podcast and find out. I said that he was a striker. Yes, that he's not perfect, but that he was getting better and that he could play the role. And you kept on saying, no, 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 no. Don't put me in the position that I was 100% in agreement what are you with you. Talking we about? about this. It wasn't about that he was a striker or not. It said he was a striker that was going to score 50 to 20 goals and be one of the top goal scorers in a league. That right. was the discussion. Could he be an it elite striker? About, it wasn't about striker versus winger. You kept versus... on telling that, that, he, that he missed too many chances, and I said, yeah. give him a chance. I mean, he was growing into the role. He grew into the role. I don't know if I thought that he was going to get to 20 or 19, but I didn't think that he was going to be, a you know, that, that he wasn't a striker, which you kept on saying that he's not really, he's like a converted striker. And I said, he's growing into the role. Give him a chance. Yes, he misses a lot of chances, but he gets a lot of chances, and that's what you want. And then he started burying them. He started burying them in a consistent manner. He had two, he had two major streaks. He had four goals. Uh, he had, what is it, uh, five goals in the first four games. Then he went nine games without. Then he went two with. 
Then he had another streak of two. And then in the last four games, he's got six goals. Well, despite the fact that Glenn and Roberto both speak English, a lot of times John and I have to interpret for the two of them between the two. Well, well, look, he (laughs) no, I I think the conversation, I I think the conversation. Yes, go ahead, Glenn. No, it's it's his maturation. I don't know if we could have predicted that he would get to this level this year. And we didn't. No one here's definitively right. said, give him a chance. All right, give him a chance. He's the only striker in the 28 players. Eber's still not ready. So there was no one else to put in that position. And kudos to him for developing in a way. And look, he, he's learned how to play the position better and better each training session each week. And now he's converting. And I think, and then you take the defensive side of what he does as a striker he, you know, that his value in scoring goals, huge, but his value in hassling those two central defenders or three or one, whatever the, the setup is, is he's got as much value, I think, there as uh, and maybe that's uh, certainly led to some of his goals where he's won the ball in yeah. that area of the field. I or think John, he's have. done a good job coming back a lot and, and defending, you know, when New York City's literally defending, not just defending from the front, but literally coming back and helping his, de- his defense in his own box or his own third of the field. I think the conversation with him, and I'm not going to take the time to go to listen to our podcast beginning this year. And if, if you guys <laughs> want to, God bless you, but I'm not. But John, I think the conversation around Castellanos was, can he be an elite striker? Yes the or first no? One- Right. The first one that is going to tell you I am not a top goal scorer is Tati Castellanos. Because he is a fantastic forward and he's becoming a fantastic player. And he's game and he feels that. And that's why um, Ronnie Dyla had to, I, I wouldn't say fight, but convince him and put him in a position of do not get out of the box that much, please. Because the team needs a striker, a real goal scorer, and they needed him to convert into that. But his essence his, is, is, is fighting every ball, trying to make the most for the team, scoring opportunities, of course, but he is going to tell you, I am not a top-class goal scorer. I'm doing my best to get better at it, but I am not. And he's not. He's not a top goal scorer. And, and, and once again, with Glenn, I mean, all the praise, kudos to him, because every single second of his work has paid off, and he ended up winning the severely that golden boot. But he is a lot more important than 19 goals. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. That's a great point. But and, and your point, well, take it too, Roberto. And I think part of the reason he began finishing more consistently is what John said and what we had talked about where he, you know, he, he tended to drift. He came in as a winger and I, you know, I don't think yeah. he prefers wing anymore, but he came in as a winger and uh, on the I mean, I'll never forget the time he, he said, I'm, yeah, I'm best on the right. I, I want to be uh, a right winger and drive to the inside and be able to get around the edge and do the things that a winger does. He, he always felt uh, he was uh, best position there. Now you've got Medina there. And this is the one you guys were talking about. Well, if Sands is in the mid, Tavon Gray on right. The, when he started, when Ronnie Dadler started putting Sands in that fullback role, uh, 
Remember, it was discussed that he's almost kind of drifting in. and be, it, It's almost a three-back system, uh, especially when they're on the attack. Amundsen goes and, and Sand stays, and it's like a three-back system. And then in transition, it becomes four again. But the, I, re, I remember the th- reason he started Tiago in that first game against DC United when Sands played fullback. He started uh, – the, the reason he wanted um, – Sands to hold back, or he, he, he wanted Tiago to not worry about coming back and defending as much and just going for it. And that's why I was curious about Medina starting on the same side as Sands because Medina's not one of those go-at-it forwards, take players on. He's not going to beat uh, players in behind on pace. So I, th- I, I just, you know, from a personnel standpoint, that was my uh, question at the start of the game. Why Medina Big difference, Glenn. and Sands? Because of the rival, that's my take. Because of because the yeah. rival, because mm-hmm. as uh, on the paper and and on the video when you analyze in opposition, it's a lot different to defend Paredes than Leon Flag. Yeah. So Leon Flag is not as fast paced and not as you know uh, crafty with the ball on his feet as as Paredes and. Flag is more a, a team build-up player, a guy who can control and pass and do combinations uh, on a different pace. So in that sense, maybe Medina was a better option in, in, in the idea of uh, occupying the space and knowing that Flag is not going to go as much as Paredes, for example, right? Yeah. So you don't need the yeah. speed to beat his back. I, that's that one sense, sense for me. That's one idea. So New York City guys get the draw, the, the well-deserved point, and capped off by Castellanos winning the golden boot. So New York City riding some momentum into the playoffs. We know who the opponent is. We're going to go around the league and, and touch on each of the matchups. But, of course, uh, Atlanta and, and where New York City, as Roberto mentioned, the season really turned was on that last second goal by Goody down in Atlanta. Um, really the key moment of this season for New York City FC but John this is a, an Atlanta team and you know if you're New York City yes you're lucky you're playing at home but you know Atlanta had one of the best second halves in all of MLS uh, so this is a certainly going to be a dangerous team coming into New York for that first round matchup oh yeah of course uh, you guys saw uh, Martinez goal the, the goal that won yes. the game for Atlanta yeah, an incredible that, strike. Of, of really, that that, a, that's top world. Class. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, that is right, and 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 not not because of the beauty of it, but because of the difficulty of turning your hips on the air to get that, keeping your eyes, watching the ball all the time, and knowing that you're big enough so the opposition is not going to get to you, uh, and that is part of the confidence the Atlanta United is building up. I mean, the power that Atlanta United have up front with uh, Martinez, with Barco, with um, the Brazilian guy who just came here. Araujo. Uh, Araujo. Uh, right. With Araujo, with the Paraguayan uh, in the midfield. There's a lot, a lot of striking force there. And, one and they thing weren't that there. They weren't there the first time New York City played Atlanta. They had a, you know, the Heinze was still the coach. Martinez wasn't healthy, and Araujo wasn't even there yet. No, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. And yeah. and the other the other thing that Atlanta has uh, is that 
of course they defend a lot better on on small spaces than with the spaces and on on the width of the field and on Yankee Stadium you you know that the spaces are less right so it goes in favor of Atlanta to defend better because that's the way they can defend now so this is a team with a lot of confidence i think of course NYCFC has every single tool to overcome this but um the motivation the way they finish the season and the belief on what they're doing there is so much in Atlanta that I mean you gotta be careful from minute one to 96. There's one thing I want to just say though as far as in the second game that New York City played against them right the one one game Araujo actually started played played very well uh had an assist uh Moreno got the goal Moreno was was really really good in that game too uh, and uh, Joseph Martinez did come in in the second half. Uh, what minute did he come in? Uh, let me just. I don't remember. He, but he wasn't a factor. He was. He, he no, wasn't he wasn't. A, he came in early. Actually, he came in in the 59th minute. But you know, mm-hmm. he didn't exactly do much because at that point, New York City now you know had made its changes and uh, had taken over you know the game. Actually, he didn't have any shots on goal. Any shots. Period. Uh, only 12 passes um for, for the game so i mean they, they did see these guys and they saw them in atlanta uh i thought that when araujo went out of the game uh it made things a hell of a lot easier for new york city so he's gonna he's really the key guy for them right now he's he's really a, he looks to be a special player so if there's anybody who you know they've got to take care of barco they got to take care of martinez but araujo is just as important uh, as far as you know making sure that you know these are the guys that aren't going to beat you yeah, there was a struggle penetrating, and, and John alluded to how it'll be even easier for them to defend or uh, at least less space to cover. Uh, but that back three uh, in particular was organized in front of Guzan. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's rugged, but um, I, I, you know, sometimes I believe in the, the mystique of where you play, and, and, and there is a certain something at Yankee Stadium. And uh, I don't think Atlanta's had a successful result at Yankee Stadium since they joined MLS. And uh, I, I'm saying that without having any stats in front of me to, to back that up. But um, New York City has fared well in the matches that I can recall against Atlanta. And uh, But Joseph Martinez back in, in, in form is, uh, you know, place they lost like Yankee once Stadium. in 2018. He's... Pardon? They Who's lost they? once in 2018. One nothing. Who's they? New York City to Atlanta okay. at Yankee right. Stadium. A goal by uh, Remedy. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I can care less okay. about those no, just, uh, uh, statistics. No, I was there. Uh, yeah. Matters nothing. I mean, absolutely right. different teams, absolutely different intentions, absolutely uh, different. I, I'm, I'm everything. just saying that they did lose because he said that he handled. So I just wanted to make sure that the record was no, straight I, on it. But yep, you know, but I, here's the thing. Here's the thing about the game in Atlanta, right? And again, this is where New York City's mentality was very, very fragile. They they were blowing them out of the park for the first 17 minutes of that game, and then they allowed the goal, and then you could just see them drop. So I'm not afraid with a new mentality that New York City, the same thing is going to happen. And I think that they're a better team, and I think that they'll dominate them. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to, to score, you know, in bunches or anything like that. But I think that they're going to be on the front foot for, the most, for most of the game, unless you have a red card or anything like that. But I think you'll see a lot of what we saw in the first 17 minutes in Atlanta. That you, and I think you're going to see a lot of that at Yankee Stadium. I no, impossible. Just, impossible because... Because Atlanta United were playing a totally different structure, a totally different system, a totally different philosophy, a totally different idea, even with the same players. A philosophy, a structure, an idea that the players didn't want to play. But I, I yeah. think... Uh, Wait, they, they didn't want to play the way Pineda had them playing? No, no, with Haynes in the first game. No, no, that's the first game. I'm talking about the game against... Uh, I'm talking about the game in Atlanta. Pineda's a coach. And they came out in a 3-4-3. And New York right. City was dominating them for the first 17 minutes. Then Acevedo made the mistake, lost the ball. They came back, they scored, and then New York City dropped. You could just physically see them drop. And you're like, oh boy, here we go. And then they didn't get a hold of the game again until like the 60th minute. And then they started and then Goody got that wonder strike and uh, everything changed. I mean, because New York City was going through a streak of what was it? Four games in a row, almost five, 509 minutes without a goal. Glenn, um, I mean, it's so many different elements for this game. The teams are yeah. so different from the mentality standpoint and from from the right. from the urgency standpoint because that day urgencies were different. But what do you think? I mean, for me, New York City is keeping the ball, you know, controlling well, the ball. Well, Long, well, I was going to bring possession. up uh -huh. Keaton Parks. Keaton Parks. All of a sudden, he's out with a calf injury, reassessing this week. I don't know what that means. There are times when calf injuries linger, uh, to, depending on the extent. And uh, we were up at training on Friday, and I, I just he played. And I don't recall, you know, what happened. So, I mean, from what I could tell, he was. I, I just recall him training you know, the full practice. So if that's the case, I guess it can't be too severe, but we'll, maybe we'll find out more this week, but I think he holds the key. So who's it? So are you going to, who's going to be in the midfield? So Morales. Okay. Uh, Alfredo Morales. And then who you got to put Sands in and play gray. You're going to put, keep Sands You're going to have to. And, and, Zalalem and isn't available. You can't play Zalalem. He's got a red card. He can't play the next game. 
Oh, we can't play the play. If he had uh, a yellow card accumulation, he'd be available, but red card he can't. Exactly. No, I believe I so. Yes. I think that's correct. I yeah, think he's out. Yeah, so, if, so you got to play Sands back in there, and you got to go with Gray on the right side. Yeah, so now your depth is uh, is affected. But hopefully Parks is okay, and then uh, and then uh, case closed, I would think. I mean, that's the best option. That's the best option for NYCFC. Unless you want to go with uh, Parks and Sands uh, in the midfield for that control-the-game element. I would you think. Can, you can control the game better there, but you don't have the same bite. So, Especially if you're going to start Medina on the right, and then you, know, then you don't have to worry about you know, Gray stay, staying home. Because you know, you know Medina. I mean, one thing he does do is that he tracks back very well, and uh, you know he hustles all game. But you know, you you can fault him on a lot of things. That's not one of them. And if he reverts back to his form that he had in the first half of the season, where he was a team MVP for the first half, you know, great. But you know, we've seen very little of that. Right. In the second so you half can, of the you, season, you can gamble on an elimination game. With that, I mean, like, let's hope that he goes back to his initial. No, point. no, but he's going to start anyway. I mean, I, I think you start him because that, that's the that's the team that, that that Ronnie's been putting out lately. He's been putting out Medina, so uh, I believe that he winds up trusting him a little bit more. You know, he put him out in the last two games, so I you think know, it wasn't that Tiago wasn't available. Tiago was available. Magno was available. He went with Medina. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that, that he's going to do that. And also, I like Thiago coming off the bench for, you know, for 30 minutes if he gives them that much against a possibly tired defense versus Medina coming off the bench because I, I think that Thiago represents a much bigger element of danger. And I think also that Talis Magno coming off the bench will help as well because Talis is now finally rounding into the player that we think he's going to be. I don't think he's there yet, but he's getting closer to being there. Tom, it looks to me that these two are more or seeing the, the matchup more level mm. than, than what I thought. <laughs> yeah, there's some agreement, which is unusual. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, Len is now rethinking everything. Yeah. Let's go. Hey, I, I, I admit when I'm, uh, I'm wrong, and uh, you know, I have no, uh, I forget what I had to admit I'm wrong at. But uh, go no, ahead, you're, not, you're not wrong. The thing is that we're agreeing on stuff, so that's why. Uh, right. <laughs> agree to agree. We'll Glenn, to, yeah, wonder. Glenn, you gotta say the few, the very few times that I'm wrong, I'm ready to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like John. That sounds like John Rojasta. John By the way, the only the only time that I thought I was wrong is is then, and I was wrong thinking I was wrong. There you go. Well, we will certainly keep an eye on the health of the team as uh, that first matchup against Atlanta approaches. Guys, let's touch on the rest of the first round matchups because there are some interesting ones. And let's stay in the Eastern Conference. We'll start there, John. The other two Eastern Conference matchups: you have Nashville hosting Orlando, and then the Union. Hosting the Red Bulls. Let's start with that Philadelphia Red Bull game. Who do you like coming out of that one? That one is is a little bit tricky. I mean, Philadelphia is a team that we know how they play. Red Bulls is a team that, for me, they are in the middle of being the ginger presser team that we know every single Red Bull team is. And a little bit of a, you know, a, variation of it and sometimes I see so much space in the middle 
because that pressure is not well timed by every single player that hurts them a lot. So, you know, it, it's, it's hard for them. But I don't know if, I mean, Philadelphia, I like Philadelphia. And I like especially the process that they are having there. But I don't know, to be honest, if they really have the the depth on that roster and and I, don't, I wouldn't say confidence, but the I don't feel them, you know, like like playing like a championship team. I don't see them playing like the same way, not only on the on the game side, but on their demeanor and the approach to the games and the way that they did. You know, last last time that they won the supporter shield, and, and and we all praised that team. Um, if they don't have Martinez in the midfield, it's hard for them to actually control a game and to actually have so much bite because that guy is is a bulldog there, um, and he you know he's going with the national team. Um, and and then you know you need to wait and see what happens when he comes back, and that's really really important player for them so it's, it's pretty it's very very even for me that matchup uh but i think red bulls has a lot of chances i agree with the uh the level nature of that one and i just uh this gerhard struber you know he's the austrian jesse march to me you know i think i think at first maybe he didn't have the uh, entire belief uh, within the team but uh it, they've developed it along the way and when you watch them play, man, there's um, there's a precociousness to them. There's some young players out there. There's uh, there's an energy, uh, and there certainly now is a belief. And you know, I think anybody can advance like a team, the Red Bulls, by taking the risk that they do. If you have a good keeper, this guy Coronel is good. I mean, he might. Maybe he's and the best keeper in the league. You know, we we, we, de we debate that sometimes. But but uh, Carlos Coronel is a very good goalkeeper. And I think, and it's just a, a theory of myself, he may have a bill for Philadelphia Union on his pocket. Because he came to MLS and he stayed with Philadelphia Union and they cut him off and sent him back. And now he's back here with the Red Bulls. Yeah, yeah. And nice, he's being the number one. I mean, you know, he... he he was trying to get his spot in Philadelphia. He had a few good um, uh, performances, but he didn't stick around. He played more with the second team, with the USL team, than anything else. Right. So well, he might play his personal. Well, he had Blake in front of him, and he really wasn't going to unseat Blake. Because Blake is one of the better goalies of this league, too. Well, because Blake is very good. Yeah, you know, it's not so, like so uh, he. he's uh, going up against, um, I don't know, uh, Shuttleworth, you know, like uh, Slonina did in Chicago. The minute uh, they started to see Slonina start and play, and they were like, wait a second, we, we might have something here, and he's proven to be a much better goalkeeper. I mean, Burke is, you know, starting uh, goalkeeper for Jamaica. There. He's a very good goalkeeper. Yeah. I don't, so think, is Coronel is better than, I don't think Coronel is better than Blake. I don't I think tell he's you better what. than him now. Coronel no, commands. No, he's not better stopper, but he commands the box better than Blake. Simple as that. Look at him. Look at I, how he commands like the, way... the box. And Blake, Blake is a beautiful stopper. I mean, he's a great stopper. 
But sometimes the way Blake goes out, he always bump into someone. He always has trouble. Not not because his hands are not well trained to bring the ball down on the air or anything. It's just because he doesn't command the box that much that he always has in, into something, which Cornell doesn't do very often. Well, the one the thing I uh, I um, think about Blake and um, I've talked to a couple of people who have seen them consistently, and they feel that he's been their most valuable player and because they've they're they're like you said john they don't have they don't quite have it the same way this year as they did a year ago they don't have mark mckenzie or brendan aronson either so that certainly uh is 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 part of the deal where blake is uh, a little busier this year but he's got a save percentage and you've you pointed that out which is uh, sensational and he saves penalties too you know i mean two of his shutouts he had penalties that he had to save in those matches. That so, could be a factor. Yeah, and obviously that could be a factor. And uh, I will confess, it's not a confession, but uh, I did, uh, you know, M- I did my MLS best 11 uh, for MLS, and uh, Andre Blake was my keeper. I want to hear. Okay. What? Really? I'm yes. surprised. Uh, I think he's very good. I don't think anybody's been better than Turner. Pedro I don't think anybody's been. I don't I actually. I don't even think it's close. By the way. Well, oh my God, Roberto! You come on, man! You no, got it. You got I think Turner's the best it, goalkeeper. He in the had league, a great period. game against New York City FC. I mean, no, he's had on, a great man. game against everybody. He's the best. Yeah. Well, he also had. A, he's the he best also goalkeeper a, for the U.S. national team. Yeah. We don't. I team, don't know about that. that I don't know about that. I don't know if he is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I am a Turner fan. He's a Jersey boy. He had a shaky performance in the second match against New York City FC, the 2-0 loss. He misjudged two things, three things in the game. I got in a big argument with Tony Miola on Twitter on it, but I, you know, and who's yeah, to Tony argue with? Tony doesn't know who's... anything about goalies. Oh, please. Don't, nah, I, don't nah, go nah, there. Nah. <laughs> don't nah, go nah, there. No, no, no. You're right. Arguing with somebody like Miola about goalkeeping, it sounds ridiculous. I understand, but I still, <laughs> I saw him the other day and I said, I still, nah, I I still think kidding. I'm right. But we were at the I'm game. Kidding. He misjudged a, a through ball once. It got dribbled around by Sandy Rodriguez. I don't know if you remember that, but Rodriguez ended up not having. Look, Matt Turner's a good goalkeeper. That's Matt another Turner's a good goalkeeper. Uh, how about Joe Willis? Stopper. How about Joe Willis? He's Pedro a good goalkeeper, Galese. right? Pedro huh? Galese. Pedro Galese. I've always Pedro loved. I love Pedro Galese. I don't think he's had the same kind of year though as a Blake. That's no. my personal he, assessment. But he look. He is playing in Orlando. He's saving Orlando every time he's needed. He has great performances. He is international. He's the starter of his national team in Conmebol. So he plays against the you know top scorers in the world because the top scorers are South American. Count them. And Speaking he's from MLS. Well, let's you, let's you stay on Orlando. Is. Let's stay on Orlando. Does anybody have Orlando winning at Nashville? I do. Why not? Why not? I do. All right, there's one. Roberto? <laughs> I'm not picking Orlando. I so haven't that- <laughs> thought about the game much, to be honest. I'm uh, saying, why not? I, they I could think, win. You know? I, I, think Orla- I think Orlando has a chance because of Galese, but I think uh, no. you know, they, they, haven't, they haven't lost in that stadium all year long, so I, I, I don't see them losing uh, against Orlando. I Eight think it's going to be a nine draws. Draws. They a fun match. They, but they, they nine draw twice, but Orlando yeah. there. They yep, were winning 2 nothing, and Orlando tied 2-2. Right. Uh, they, look, 
they, they've made a habit in Nashville of coming back, especially at the beginning of the season. It was a real big habit Orlando of allowing. Uh, yeah, Orlando that? came back. Orlando, Orlando came, came back. Came in the back. Orlando came back. No, but, but they had one where it was the other way around too. Quite, quite a few. But anyway, they still never lost in that stadium this year. Nine, so eight wins, played, nine draws. My message to Nashville is practice your penalties. Exactly. John, you'll like this because uh, I know, uh, well, I think we're all Savarese fans, but Gio Savarese has a thing. His team does not practice penalties no. leading into the playoffs. They don't, no. they don't do it. He just thinks Never. that's his, uh, that's his, uh, his way of looking at it. And there are, are a lot of people him, that feel differently, but yeah. Because what is for it? him, the PK is the PK is for him when it comes to a situation of, you know, that like uh, 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 elimination game, and you had to decide about from the from the spot. It it doesn't for him. What it counts is the state of the player in that moment. So he's one of those coaches that asks the player, "Do you want to? Do you feel like it? Because mm -hmm. you need to feel your pressure. You need to feel your body." You need to feel your confidence. Sometimes you can practice, you know, 200 PKs. You get to the game and you're so tired of your effort that the best for you is to say, you know what? I can. I mean, I barely can touch that ball right now. So that's the point for them. You, it's on the players more than the practice. You cannot. Yes, you practice aim. You practice definition, right? Finalization. But the PKs as itself, as a, as a situation, you can't replicate, you know, the the no. intensity, the environment, the mindset, anything. You can't replicate that. So, you know, practice it for, you know, with the goal of taking better PKs on a, on a definition is not going to help you that much. So see, there's a guy named Gair Jordet. He's a Norwegian who worked mm -hmm. with Ronnie's team a little bit, and he uh, – He's a Ph.D. psychology. He's a researcher, not a coach, but he believes uh, and, and it came up because he had a session. Uh, he had a section of an interview I did with him. Uh, we were talking about uh, how to deal with immense pressure. And he and, and it was it was completely focused on penalty kicks in the penalty kick shootout and his claim. And he had this empirical evidence to back it up. I don't remember it all specifically is that you should practice them. You should try to replicate it as best you can. You're right. And he agreed. You can't 100% replicate 60,000 people or 30,000 people. And, and the fact that you've played 120 minutes and you're a little, you know, those things are, are difficult. Suddenly raining or whatever. Yeah. So you could prepare and then Geo could still go up to each player and see who's ready to take it. If 10, 10 of them have prepared, you know what I mean? So I don't know. There's, there's different ways to look at it. Before we get out of what would you do with your, with your teams? Sorry, John. No, we, no. We, we would um, I, I wouldn't practice them much during the year except for the two or three people that took the PKs. I would just have them make sure they stroke the ball and, 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 and aim at the target, but not in any like pressurized situation. Maybe if we're scrimmaging, I'll just blow the whistle and call PK, make the PK and, and do that going into tournament situation. For sure, we would do a PK shootout you know, between two in an interest squad or something like that. But, uh, outside of that, um, I didn't, I didn't try to do the big crowd and the shouting and all this other stuff, just blow the whistle and make the kick, you know? And, and I think I used to have prizes just to make it like, I don't know, 
a little fun I had a too, coach that I, used to do that. So out of the out of the three sessions on the week before, you know, that not the final session because the final session of the week is just a walk through the system and positioning and that is very soft. But the other three, you know, strong sessions, he used to finish the session with PKs. But the same teams that are playing, right, the 9v9 or the 11-11, depending on what you're working on, yeah. uh, you're going to do that definition. And the winner has a prize. And the loser has to do whatever the winner says they have to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, so that's good. you're risking cleaning the boots the whole freaking week. Or you're risking <laughs> that right. kind of stuff. So it's a little <laughs> bit of pressure. And you don't, you don't, you know, you don't, you're training the whole season on that idea. And then when it comes definitions, it's just you go in there and do your best. No, and that's that. That's a little. Ad, you're right. It's it is a little added pressure. I would equate it to like, you know, you're playing golf and, you know, you've got like you're betting five dollars, you know, and you're over a putt for five dollars, you know, not ten thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars, but you're still it's still a little pressure, you know. You're like, all right, man, this is five bucks, man. So yeah, if you add anything in there, that 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 adds to it. I, I, it yeah. makes sense to me, but uh, Geo one and Portland's uh, hosting Minnesota. So Minnesota. Uh, yeah, let's go to the West. Let's go to the West. So Portland, Minnesota, <laughs> Kansas City, Vancouver, Seattle, Salt Lake gets in on a last second goal by Demir Krylock in stoppage time. RIP Texas and California from the playoffs in the Western Conference. <laughs> it is they are they are out. Uh, first of all, raise your hand if you had Colorado winning the West. None of you better raise your hand because nobody had Colorado winning the West. Maybe, but, nope. maybe Roberto had it alongside Tati. Nope. Yeah. Not yeah. even close. <laughs> Not even close. Well done, John. Well done, uh, John. But I, uh, you listen, when they were uh, hovering around third and I fourth. Do, not for just anything. Well, well, Colorado, I mean, you talk about, uh, you know, success. Hey, how about old Jonathan Lewis scoring the brace and the game winner in this last match, too, to, uh, to put them, uh, put them on the top of the table. I think the, I think the Vancouver Kansas City match is the is the one. If I have a chance to watch, I will watch that. That's the same day. That'll be right after the Red Bull Philadelphia game. And uh, well, I, I, it's pretty well documented at this point. The uh, interim manager for Vancouver has already guaranteed a victory against Kansas City. I and, love it. And said uh, after uh, they qualified. Uh, for the playoffs, he said, good thing there's, a, you know, this is paraphrasing, good good thing that there's a two-week break because we're going to get so drunk tonight we wouldn't be able to play tomorrow. So that, <laughs> that's your head coach. So that's a player's coach right there. Totally. You know? And so uh, there, there's something going on there. And Brian White is the Vancouver Golden Boot winner, PDA kid, played for the Red Bulls. He's, there was promise there, and he's been – having just a fantastic season scoring big goals and 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 this guy uh Ryan Gold uh, Gald uh, is a, he's a special player and he was acquired along the way so they you know I don't you know I haven't seen them play other than watching some of those highlights so I I'm not well versed but uh <laughs> I think I might be rooting for them John which They're matchup fun. do you like uh I just wanted to say that I, I do see Vancouver getting the, the win there against Kansas City. I don't, I don't see Kansas City being themselves. I see them being, you know, the age getting on their best players. 
Uh, I don't see Peter Vermees finding a lot of options on on his roster and the, the internal fire that I see on Vancouver is too much to overcome right now. I mean, for them, I don't think so. Vancouver is too much right now for them. You know, something that's, wow. that's sort of strange is that, you know, we're talking about Sporting KC. They, they had a penalty that should have been called that wasn't. And uh, they probably would have won that game. And then they'd be you know, first. Even if they don't score it, just to tie. And then that keeps RSL out and puts the Galaxy in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because not everything is the same after something like that. You know, so. no, but that plus Roberto plus that PK was at minute ninety. Yeah, and and RSL scored a ninety five. Right. Yeah. So right. if you're I mean, looking for that goal, it... exactly. If you're looking for that goal, and you get a PK, and they're scoring you, you know, four minutes before the end of the yeah. not only the regular time but the end of the game. I think your head is way out of the game at that point. Not without a doubt. And uh, the, the Galaxy would have been in. And mm -hmm. uh, right now the Galaxy's out, and they've been out for the last five seasons. Despite the fact that Chicharito scored 17 goals in 22 games. He had, a pretty good, he had a pretty good season. I'm happy for him individually. But obviously, I mean, this team didn't finish well. They only had, what, two wins in their last 15? Something Ooh. went really sour out in L.A. So, John, you, you see them more than, than, than I get a chance to, but uh, they had a lot of issues out there, didn't they? I mean, what, what I see is something that I don't feel they were um, honest enough with their fans because this was a transition year for them. You know, they brought in a lot of new players, a lot of internationals, and in this, you know, still COVID situation, you have to wait a lot for those players to come in and then, you know, get them uh, with their team and used to everything. And they actually didn't, you know, they didn't perform the way that they were expecting. But you cannot yeah. blame the players in the middle of all this if they're not performing from minute one. So at the end of the day, when you, when you do so much of a change on a roster, and then you're starting to change the culture and the formation and all that, then it's a transition year. But if you tell people this from the beginning, listen, this is a transition year. We are having a big uh, uh, project. We are turning around this roster. We are aiming to be the galaxy that we always, you know, uh, are supposed to be. Then they probably take whatever happens this season. But, uh, you know, for me, they ended up giving the fans exactly the same that they were having with the Barros Esqueloto. Plus, they waste a lot of money paying the Barros Esqueloto to leave. <laughs> so, you know, it's like wasting money, wasting points, not having players. It's just... Well, uh, they, they got a lot to fix. So they have a lot to fix over there. They have a lot of good parts, but they still have a lot to fix. Well, I think you've got a good coach there in Vanny to. Yeah. To swing yeah. things in the right direction. That's the other thing you did in all that, John. Fine. I know you said that you have a new staff there as well. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. But yeah. shocking that both L.A. teams are out. I mean, it's really it's really unbelievable and uh, kind of disappointing in a way. I always like watching L.A.F.C. play no matter uh, yeah. whether they're consistent or not. 
So from an entertainment standpoint, a bit disappointing. But and but the MLS the... loses two of its biggest stars between Chicharito yeah. and Bella. Yeah. So you know they're not there. I'm sure the people at Univision too, they aren't exactly thrilled because they would have loved to be able to broadcast Bella and talk about Bella and talk about Chicharito. Now they're not going to be able to. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well, Anyone? Talk about it. Fabian's. Anyone think uh, <laughs> RSL is going to ride the momentum past no. Seattle? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 not no. a chance. Okay. Well, let's not waste RSL, any time then. Exactly, RSL is there not because what they did, but what others didn't do. LAFC and LA Galaxy, for example. All right. I mean, uh, I mean, they, they, they lost two games at home that they should have won, and then, you know, at the end of the day, you can say they got a little bit lucky in Kansas City to to win that game. So with with that game, though, uh, Tom, you need to pay close attention to Seattle Saunders and their health. I mean, they have a lot of issues with injuries. Joao Pablo to begin with, which is very important for them. Nicolo Deiro, you didn't have have him being impactful the whole season. Okay, but Rui Diaz, the top goal scorer and the most important player up front for them. And then you have five players going out for international duty. So you had to recover this four or five and then, you know, praise to God that those five come back healthy. <laughs> Otherwise, you're, you know, you're risking being without six, seven players for the biggest game of the season because at the end of the day, from now on, every game is a final. What do you all think about? Montero coming back oh. and getting seven goals this year. Montero is a beautiful player, person. You know how much he's making, right? 
like not minimum, right? He's making like not a, even minimum. Eighty thousand dollars. Wow. <laughs> he came back for the love it. of it, I guess. He for the love of it, because he wants to finish there. He wants his family back at home. So. Mm-hmm. Hey, one thing that they no, didn't pick uh... up, by the way, was uh, was was Jordan Morris. So Jordan Morris is back. He played forty-five minutes in the last game. So uh, he got a little bit of a run. He got two games before the playoffs. So, I mean, good news for Brian Schmetzer there. But obviously, if you're missing the Lodedos and uh, the Ruidias, that's, you know, that's a lot to make up with Jordan Morris. Yeah, especially with the Jordan Morris of today. If you're going to talk about the Jordan Morris before the injury, that's one thing. But the Jordan Morris of today, we don't even know him. He's just coming right. back and thank God he's back and playing. First thing. Hey, why is there no – the Orlando-Nashville game has TBD on the schedule. What's the deal there? Anybody know? Why uh, is it's that no more, It's no longer yet? TBD, I believe. No, no, Hold I think on. they decided already. Yeah, Orlando, I believe so as 5 well. 5 p.m. 5 p.m. Eastern time. Okay. On 11-23. And, John, you like uh, final matchup in the West? Let's talk about it real quick. 8 Portland. p.m. Eastern time, not 5 yeah. APM. Yeah, APM. Oh, uh, APM Easter. Yeah. Portland, okay. Minnesota, the 4 5 matchup. Does Portland hold serve at home? Yeah. Portland yes. is the team. I mean, Minnesota is back. Be, yeah, Blanco's totally back. Yeah, totally yes. back. Yeah. yeah. 100% yeah. in every yeah. sense. In every sense of the word. He's a scary. <laughs> he, and, he makes a, such a huge difference for them. He's so good. Yeah. And um, Minnesota depends too much of what Bevelo Reynoso can do for them in the sense of creating. You know, I mean, the, the part the boss for Minnesota and go to PK is maybe one option. But I don't think uh, Portland is going to allow it. Uh, Portland has so many tools right now. Their best players are really in good shape. They had contribution from players this year, for example, uh, as Prija that, you know, having, he's having his best season ever. And, and Santiago Moreno is getting in there. He's contributing now. He's very young, crafty, speedy. And that's a player that not many teams, you know, know now because he just got here and played a couple of minutes first. And now he's getting some starting, but, uh, Portland is just a, such a solid team at home with his fans, with their fans. Probably raining, most likely. Yes, <laughs> so, <laughs> Gorda got another yeah. goal. He's got three now. Yes, assisted so, by. Uh, yeah, I he's think, only by played Chara. thirteen. Go- he's only played thirteen games this season. So. Yeah, he came back from an injury. Yeah. I mean, so he, he got helps. everybody back. He had everybody back. Right. Blanco back. Well, the only one is. The midfielder. Oh my God. He was called by the national team. Please help me out. Uh, oh, uh, Williamson, Williamson, Williamson. Eric Williamson, yeah. Eric Williamson. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Everybody it's crazy. Back. Valeria's just on the bench. I mean, you're one of the all time best players in history. You can't get on the field. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's also, I think, that they're, sa- they're saving his legs and they're saving everything and, you know, getting him ready for the playoffs. He's at a point in his life. You know, at 35 years old, that uh, you know, playing them on turf every game is is a little bit rough. You want you know, you want to keep them 
fresh and uh, he's going to change a game for you at one point. He's going to come in and do something that's going to change a game. And they're using yeah, it perfectly. And actually, Glenn, he, Gio did something this weekend that he wanted to do, but didn't find the space, the time, the right moment to do it. And he was playing for a good amount of minutes together, Valerie and Blanco, as of lately. Because most of the minutes during the season that Valerie had were always coming for Blanco. Yeah. And now they play together, and they're happy with that because, of course, they, they change the way they can control games with those two. And they'll play together against Minnesota. The, easily the last 30 minutes, if not more. It all depends Depending on the game what's going on with the score, but th- th- they'll be on the field together. What do you guys think of uh, – I'm not about a specific game here, but um, how the playoffs are bracketed and that – they don't realign after each game. So New England and I, Roberto, when we talked about this, I was looking more at the New York City side, but let's take New England. They're supporter shield winners. They get the first round by. And if the Red Bulls upset Philadelphia and uh, what do we have here? And uh, I, I'm wondering why New York City uh, that winner, New York City and Atlanta, is going to play New England no matter what. But if the sixth seed, yes. if the seed or the seventh seed, I don't know. I don't have the bracket in front of me. I just don't understand why New England I'll, has I, to I play the fourth. Why New England has to play the fourth seed in the second round, their first game, the conference semifinal, instead of the seventh seed if the seventh seed advances or the sixth. So you know whatever. I, it I is. have the answer for you because I, I asked. And the answer is, is that they want to do NCAA college basketball style brackets where you're going to start. And then, you know, depending on who you play, you know, everybody's seated. And then that once they're seated for the first time, that's it. So, you know, it's just like one versus 16. And then, you know, you wind up playing, you know, whoever wins against the next game, which is 15-2 or something like that. And so it's all uh, it's all set up that way. Where the hell is the bracket? I, it's not here. I can't find I, I just click bracket and I don't see it. Um, yeah, but, well, great. So I'm looking at, as I tend to, and, you know, is look at the sporting side of it. I don't right. give a it's crap about the NCAA the tournament and it. having it a format like that. Fairer, right, because you should be uh, rewarded. I see the now, yeah. You should be rewarded for being the best team to play the weakest team. You know, that's available and everything should be receded. I think that's the fairer reward for finishing first or for finishing higher in the standings yet for uh entertainment purposes the league feels that more people will be into it if they have brackets fixed brackets is the league sponsored by they've gone that way is the league sponsored by a gambling institution they are right is it caesar's no not at all not at any capacity i I don't know i don't think so i haven't seen that okay I'm just maybe, I, maybe I've they seen, are, and I missed it. I've I'll be coming soon movies. if it's not. <laughs> um, no, and I'm, but DraftKings, they're invo- there's some sort of uh, affiliation there, right? I don't want to be throwing this out and not really knowing a hundred percent. I just I, the number one seed. If the seventh seed wins, the number one seed should be playing the seventh seed, not the fourth seed. In the I, I just I just feel like very strongly about that. Well, Wait, Glenn, we, we, I mean, I we've got gone through point. it. 
I got your point and and it's true. I share your your uh, point on, on that, but towards anger, but go ahead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Disappointment, but, frustration. Um, yeah, thank you. No, I forgot what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can think no, about no, it no, a yeah. little bit more. Listen, but I mean, no, yeah. listen, 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 listen. All right. I understand all that, but do you think there's a really big difference in MLS I, I, you, this I'm, year? That could be part of the discussion. On the too. East, Not, yeah. between the four and the seven? So are, are you telling me that next year... Are you telling me next year if the no, well, no, 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 for New England? No, no, no. Let me answer that. I'm going to answer that. Pardon? Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah. next year is a bigger difference between the teams and their uh, and their performances and their rosters. Right but now, so you think MLS is going to consider, um, you know, re uh, rescheduling after each round next year? No, if, if no, there's a no, greater no. separation between uh, the fourth know. seed and the well, I know. So it's, I don't, you know, you from year to year it's not going to change so, so i hear what you're there's saying two way, there's, there's two ways of looking at it yes it's slightly unfair because you you should have earned the right to play the weaker team at the end of the day you got to beat whoever's in front of you if you want to be the champion and that's that i, I now the biggest I, question I, I am so i i despise that phrase you got to beat them that's anyway that. Look, it's one no, at a, you, you, you take you, one game at a time and then you get through. No, right. no, no. There's greater Britain. No, buy it. Don't buy it. Sorry. Hey, Tom, listen, now is the biggest question because we all know that New England is going to face whoever goes through between mm. New York City and Atlanta, correct? Correct. So now, now the question is how far is New England going? <laughs> well, I know. I mean, you know, one of those two teams is going to give them a good matchup there. Right? What do you Listen, mean? What do you mean by how far are they going? What are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, how far are they going? How deep are they going during yeah. on playoffs? I don't, you know, it's uh it's crazy. I think I think they're uh, they have this long break which is, you know, difficult enough, you know, beyond the yeah. um beyond the uh, the uh, the international break. And it's almost a I know, month. I know they they were trying to find a, a game or two to play, but there's really you know who's available. You know what kind mm -hmm. of team are you going to be able to gather and and compete against? You know, uh, you, you do realize anyone from right, Texas that, or California is available. <laughs> well, there's there are teams in Mexico as well and other places. But here's the thing that's sort of interesting. It's not only that they have to wait. On, it's not that they're waiting till the 28th. It's not even that their game against New York City or Atlanta. It's Tuesday, November 30th. So we're talking about that they are off for uh, 22 days. Oh. Mm -hmm. They're off 22 days, three weeks. I mean, that has to really hurt their sharpness as hard as you train and everything. You know, it's one thing training. Another thing is playing games. And uh, that's got to affect their, their sharpness. And, uh, you know, on the other side, it's going to affect Colorado as well. Wait, no, hold on. A plus. Keep 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 thinking on New England. Because that is that Thursday is uh Thanksgiving, correct? No, Tuesday. They played no. Tuesday, November 30th. Oh, yes, they played the Tuesday, Thursday. November Thursday. Okay. 
Right, they play okay. Tuesday, November 30th. I think Thanksgiving is the uh, the week Conference before. Final. Thanksgiving is the 25th. That's when Colorado plays. Colorado is going to play the winner of Portland against Minnesota at 4.30 on Fox up against the Dallas Cowboys. Good luck anybody watching that game. I don't even watch going to the stadium. <laughs> the, the other thing about that November oh, 30th Oh, they'll go to the stadium. Game. Well... So it's going to be Tuesday They'll night. They'll have enough time to sell tickets. 7.30 kickoff for the New England game. Um, at that time of year, could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they, be, you know how far, if they keep oh, advancing. Oh, have MLS Cup right. in New England on December 11th? Who not knows? Happening. Nope. I'm telling you, not happening. Well, who, well who's could your... Be Yankee who, Stadium. What's the matchup? What, what's the matchup for the uh, MLS Cup? Um, what do you got? No, I mean, no, no, that's that's way too far. Okay. But I can tell yeah. you that New England is not getting on the final. <laughs> okay. Why do you think that New England is not getting there? Because of the layoff? Do you think Colorado and New England get affected negatively because of the layoff? Especially New England for me. Especially New England. And, and, and with Colorado, I'm telling you right now, if Minnesota is the surprise of the first round and they eliminate Portland, then Colorado is going to go through. If Portland is the one winning, I think that's the end of Colorado. Right? Yeah. I, 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 you heard I it here first. It. You heard it here first. I, I, I agree with John. Well, let's what end on that, that note then. What was Colorado's <laughs> home record? I want to see Colorado's home record before we go here. It's uh, taken a while, though, my... Uh, the internet out, out here, and my mother-in-law's in the uh, the, the rural uh, the towns boobies. of uh, Pennsylvania. It, it moves <laughs> rather slow. I'm surprised this, they were nine one and seven at home. So, who lost one game at home this year in either league? We know Nashville was unbeaten, so they have the second best record uh, in MLS at home, and that's Can't I'm sure. There's that's a lot of ties. That's not exactly dominating, right? When you have seven ties out of 17 games, that's not exactly dominating. Well, Nashville had nine. And they're supposed to have an advantage because of uh, the altitude as well. Right. That's correct. Not happening. If Portland is the rival, they're going to be twice as fans of Portland in Colorado than fans of the Rapids. Well, Larry's going to be Ooh. sucking wind in the 60th minute at the altitude, man. He's, gonna... <laughs> He's not going to play. He's not going to play. They don't need him for that game. <laughs> they don't need. It's him not Mexico, that. by the way. It's it's Colorado. It's it's high. It's not as high as Mexico, and they don't have the pollution, which kills uh, a lot of the oxygen there as yeah, well. Yeah, no There's need to bring Mexico into the It's not the same as Mexico. Yeah, no. that's why MLS is now playing in Mexico. Oh, is that the reason? I did not know that. You heard it here first, folks. A John Rojas exclusive. There you go. Well, all the first round matchups should be exciting. And of course, uh, we will keep an eye on the health of New York City. Hopefully, Ronnie Dye will have uh, all the available tools that you know, he's expected to have for that match against Atlanta. Um, guys, let's bring this one to a close. Glenn, where can people follow you and check out uh, what else you got going on on Sirius and everything else? I'll just give my Twitter at Glenn Crooks. Give me a follow and there's good stuff up there. Plus, I retweet Roberto. I repeat tweet John. I'll retweet you, Tom, if you've, you know, thank you. Some, something on the uh, 
yeah, that you're selling down there in D.C. If I could help push it out, that'll uh, it'd be my pleasure. Yeah, and uh, SiriusXM FC, that shows every Wednesday. Cool stuff. Uh, talking a lot about vision training this Wednesday, which is my favorite topic. So um, knowing that uh, Xavi, who just took the Barcelona job, he uh, his uh, claim to fame, when you look at the analytics of a midfielder, he would look nine to 10 times in the 10 seconds before he received the ball on the average, he would look around and scan, scan nine the to ten field. times, nine to 10 times in the 10 seconds before he received the ball, which is why he could play it in one behind the defense to Messi so often. But that's uh, that's part of our discussion. It's a habit for me, he said at some point in an interview. It's a habit for me. I come into a room and I'm scanning the room and seeing what is around. It's just yep. I live with it now. Everywhere. And what is the average number for a like for a midfielder in MLS? What how many? What would you put well, that the number? The average at? in a prim, uh, in an EPL uh, in the EPL, the average for a midfielder is five to six. I do not know the MLS average. I would imagine. It might be a little beneath that. And uh, what was really interesting from part of the discussion is that the empirical evidence shows that forwards, uh, strikers in particular, are with the goalkeepers trailing the midfielders and the defenders in the uh, amount of times they look before they receive the 10 seconds before they get the ball. And I, I found it interesting because those are the players playing with their back to the goal who need to be more, they need to look more to be more aware. And then the response to that was Robert Lewandowski five to six times, six to seven times, twice as much as the normal forward. So there's, there's all this le legitimacy to, to just to being aware and uh, you know, watch the games. That's why I like going to, if I go to New York city training sessions, I'm, I'm watching that sort of thing. If I watch a game, I'm looking for it. And the fact is, is that not a, not a lot of players look around as consistently as they need to. Just anytime somebody turns into pressure, they had no idea what was going on. And then if they look at a teammate and said, hey, why didn't you tell me? Screw that. You got eyes, Do man. Do your job. <laughs> You, except, I don't want to scream, and then I'm telling the defender what you're doing. Except, except for Pirlo, who did it just so he could do that half turn to get away from everybody on purpose. Yeah. The, be the best uh, vision uh, clips you can watch are Xavi and Frank Lampard. I've Lampard. never seen two players look and be aware uh, as much as those guys. Anyway, that's uh, sorry for the long exit, but we got into the vision, man. Look uh -huh. it. Watch that's the game. Jam. Anybody that's listening, watch games and see. Just watch. See how aware players are. It's the most vital aspect of the game. Number one, nothing else is close, as Roberto said in regard to something earlier that uh, supported his opinion. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing, right? We have one more thing. We're not leaving yet. We're not leaving yet. U.S. plays Mexico this week. Are we out of our minds not talking about this? I, I, that's a whole other show. Well, we'll it might be, but we, we're not going to have it. We're not going to have it before the game. Are we doing another soccer in the city before Friday? Nope. Nope. No, exactly. Maybe we're after not. the first. <laughs> Why don't oh, we do a, a post anyway, we'll, 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 do, we'll do a quickie here. And, and uh, so the U.S. 
brings Pulisic back, so but he's not fully fit to play 90 minutes. Uh, the surprises, if anything, is Jesus Ferreira of FC Dallas coming into the squad, who'll back up uh, Ricardo Pepe. Right, the rest of the forwards are Aronson, who is going to start, uh, Ariola, who probably shouldn't, uh, and, and you have Tim Wea probably coming off the bench. But for me, pretty- uh, Joe Scally was brought in. Yeah, and Soccer me, in the City podcast. Let's right just in. talk about let's talk about Joe Scally. Soccer in the City podcast. You got to fit him we'll in play. right on the right side, and he's going to go one on one against Tecatito Corona. He's going to find Tecatito Corona right there. And that's going to be a great one-on-one matchup between Scali and Corona. And Mexico is healthy as far as their, their forward line is concerned. Raul Jimenez is back. You're going to have uh, Tecatito Corona on one side. You're going to have Chucky Lozano on the other. So uh, Mexico is coming in healthy for this game as far as their forward line is concerned. The only big surprise for me is that Diego Linus wasn't called in. And Linus isn't playing a lot in Spain right now. But the way he played against the United States in that game uh, at the, in the Nations League, where he drove them absolutely up a wall and scored a, a great goal, I am shocked that they didn't bring him in. That could be the sort of game that gives him the springboard, not only to change a game, but to get more minutes and then become a better player uh, for Mexico. They, you know, they still have major defensive issues, Mexico, and if the U.S. can exploit that, then uh, they'll come out. They'll come out with a victory. But uh, they can't do any worse than a tie, and the U.S. really does need to win this game. And if they do, then they'll tie Mexico at the top of uh, they'll tie Mexico at the top of the standings. All right, good analysis, Scally. So Berhalter said that uh, based on his last five Bundesliga games, that's why he's bringing him in. And uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody can uh, you know argue with that. But you didn't know you didn't know that he was going to bring him in. So. There he is. I and, think uh, everybody pretty much figured that, that that he would. Now you just have to see how you're putting the rest of your defense together because he didn't call in John Brooks, which is sort of surprising. And uh, so, but you figure Anthony Robinson is going to be on the left. You're going to have, I'm thinking he's probably going to go with uh, Miles Robinson and Chris Richards in front of either, I don't know, Turner or Stefan. So, I mean, I, I would have Turner play, Stephen. but uh, he may decide to go with Stefan. He goes, you know, Stephen. he likes him. As far as midfield, you're going to probably Stephen. have, yeah, it's going to be MMA most likely. Stephen. It's going to be McKinney. Yeah, we got, we heard you, Stefan, yes. We've got McKinney. We've got Stephen. Adams. And then it's going to be either Musa, or he just might decide and go with Gianluca Busio, who's playing lights out for Venezia. He's been great with, for me. With a Stefan Angoli. Well, I like having Stefan should play all 11 positions if that's possible. <laughs> hey, I'm well, just going to give you this 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 little nugget. Uh, from all the call-ups for the U.S. men national team, the only one who did not play this weekend was Mark McKenzie. The rest, although every single one played, even Pulisic who played five minutes. But, you know, McKenzie wasn't on the field. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's important. Musa it's important supposedly point. played a good game for Valencia this week, right? 25 he minutes. He played 25. Mm-hmm. He played really good 25 minutes. That's what he played. So your point is there's yeah. a number of players coming in that'll be feeling good about themselves. Exactly. Yes. So there's options, a lot of options for him. All right. All right. Hey, and, you John, know, the U.S. has played Mexico twice this year and beat them twice. 
So, and with two different teams, which is pretty amazing. I mean, they beat them with their A team, and then the U.S. played the B team, and I mean, used the B team to play Mexico, basically the same Mexico team that lost to the U.S. A team and beat them again. So uh, they're going. Mexico is going to come in, you know, feeling hurt, and they're going to want a little bit of revenge. It's going to be a fun game in Cincinnati. It really is. All right, John, where can people follow you? Jay Rojas875, that is on Twitter. All right. I'm T. Colker for Glenn Roberto and John. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Soccer in the City. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.